the pleasure of sharing with you guys tonight. Um, I want to read. I wanted to read to you guys Ecclesiastes, um, and the whole book. I wanted to read it to you. It's not. The, it's probably not the best book in the um, Bible, but it was something that I really, I felt that I like wanted to share. But um, I'm a really slow reader, and the book is quite large. So I have a bit of a summary of the um, book of Ecclesiastes. It's a video. Um, so if you turn to the screen and. We'll have a little watch of that. Yeah, no, it's, a really, it's a really inspirational book, Ecclesiastes, though. Yeah. Overview of one of my favorite books in the Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes, in around five minutes. That's coming up next on The Beat. Hey everyone, my name is Alan Parr. Thank you all so much for tuning into The Beat. If this is your first time here, this channel is all about helping people grow spiritually by giving them truth, training, and teaching from the Word of God. And so today, I am so excited to give you an overview of the book of Ecclesiastes. And just like we do, anytime we do a book review, we want to start out by giving you the background to this book. This book was written by King Solomon, who was the son of King David, who happened to be the greatest king in the history of the nation of Israel. And scholars believe that Solomon wrote this book towards the end of his life as an older man, as he is looking back, reflecting, and taking inventory of his life. And his desire is to pass this wisdom down to us. In this book, there are five tests or five experiments that Solomon went on attempting to find happiness apart from God. And I believe it's these same five things that we look for in this life to find happiness in. And with each test, you will see the phrase recurring again and again throughout the book. This was meaningless. This was like chasing after the wind. Experiment number one was to look for happiness in wisdom. In chapter one, Solomon said, I devoted myself to search for understanding and explore by wisdom everything that was done under heaven. And so Solomon set out to see if he could become the wisest, most intelligent, smartest guy and gain as much wisdom as he could. He probably sat under the greatest philosophers. He probably read as many books as he could. He probably went to the greatest schools. And like many of us thinking, oh, if I could just get that master's degree or that doctoral degree, then I will be happy. But in chapter 1, verse 14, he concludes after this experiment was over, he said, this was a waste of time. This was meaningless. It was like chasing after the wind. Experiment number two is with wine or pleasure. Notice in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. So in the next few verses, he uses words like laughter, pleasure, wine, and foolish behavior. So Solomon said, I'm just going to test this out for a second just to see if I can find happiness in hanging out, partying, drinking, having pleasure, leisure. Some of us think we can find happiness in things like traveling. And over and over again, he continues to say, man, this was a waste of time. I'm still not happy. So after trying to find happiness and getting as much wisdom as he could or wine, which represents a life of pleasure, he says, hey, maybe I can find happiness in my work. Chapter two says that he took on extra projects and built homes, planted vineyards, created reservoirs, gardens, and parks. I mean, he went out on an all-out experiment 
to see, is it humanly possible for me to find genuine, authentic happiness in this life through my work? Unfortunately, some of us are the same way as Solomon was. We think that if we can get that next promotion, if we can get that next raise, if we can get that next status upgrade on our jobs, then maybe then and only then will we be happy, only to realize that when we get there, we still want more and we're still not satisfied. Well, after trying wisdom, wine, and work, he says, well, you know what? Let me see if I can find happiness in wealth or possessions. Chapter 2, verse 8 says, I collected great sums of silver and gold. Now, that is putting it modest because most scholars estimate Solomon's net worth to be, are you ready? $2.2 trillion. This dude was the richest man that has ever lived in the history of the world, but yet in chapter five, he shares four conclusions about wealth. Conclusion number one is that the more you have, the more you want, which means you're never gonna be satisfied with what you have. The second conclusion he makes in chapter five is that the more money that you have, the more that other people want to take from you. The third conclusion is that the more money that you have, the more that you have to worry about losing. And then the fourth and final conclusion that he makes in chapter five is that the more money that you have, the more tempting it will be to trend towards being greedy. Well, if he can't find happiness in wisdom, wine, work, and wealth, he says, hey, maybe I can find happiness in having a lot of women. Chapter two, verse eight says, Solomon had many beautiful concubines, and then he goes on to say, I had everything that a man could desire. We know what he's talking about here. Some people think that maybe if I get into the right relationship with someone and have as much sex and sensuality, then I will be able to find true happiness in life. Well, Solomon blew that theory completely out of the door because the Bible says that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines, which were nothing more than around-the-clock sex partners. And even in spite of having all of these women around him, he still desired more. I believe that if Solomon were here today, his message to us would be, hey, do not waste your time, money, and life trying to find happiness in all of these things because, hey, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, have done it to a much fuller extent than you could ever possibly dream or imagine, and I can tell you from experience that it is a waste of time, it's meaningless, and it is like chasing after the wind, and the only true happiness that you can have in this life is found in God. Hey, guys, today I'm going to give you an overview of one of my favorite books in um. I don't know, that felt like a really long five minutes. But, um, so, hopefully you guys all got the gist of what happened in Ecclesiastes. It was, it's a pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, this guy literally had everything, and he went everywhere searching for happiness, and he could not find it. Everything was meaningless, like chasing the wind or a mist. Um, so, literally, like, he had, like, ten times more than I could, like, ever imagine and he still thought that life was meaningless. Like, heck, like, even though he had everything that you can think of, life was still meaningless. Sometimes when I think, oh, if I just had heaps of money, oh, my life would have a bit more meaning, but that's not the case. So um, when he says chasing the wind, like, have you guys ever seen wind? No, you can't see it. Chasing something you can't see, you, you don't even know where it's going. Like, it makes no sense. And then a mist, also, that was another translation that says mist, like, um, if I think like mist is a bit like steam or whatever, seriously, mist is there and it's like gone like that. Like literally, if I if I watch a kettle boil, I'll see the little steam come up and it's just like there and then it's just not there anymore. So um, it's just like chasing pointless stuff. Um, I'm gonna leave it at that and I'm gonna go on to. So who knows 
that the Lord has a plan for them. Put your hand up if you know. Okay, so in case you don't know, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, if anyone knows what this verse is, if it comes up, I want you guys to say that with me. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So, you have a plan, okay? Who can say right now they know the plan that God has for them? Put your hand up if you know it. Okay, because I don't. Um, And I was expecting you guys to say that you don't. Um, Have you ever worried that you don't know what it is? Like, have you ever been like, oh, I really just want to know what it is? If, you, if you've ever felt that, because I know that I have, especially when I had finished school, I was like, now I'm going to do God's plan in my life. I'm going to start that track. And then the first week passed, I'm like, mm, I mean, still don't know. <laughs> still don't know what that is. I'm like, oh, no, that's okay. I'll just, I'll just, and then now it's like a couple months later, still don't know. But that's okay because um, I do know that God has a good plan for me, but. I don't know what that is and don't, you don't need to worry about it. Um, in Ecclesiastes, it says, people cannot see the f- whole scope of God's work um, from beginning to end. So we aren't going to know what the plan is and we don't have to know what the plan is. God knows what the plan is and that's the thing that matters. And there is more to your life than the plan. God doesn't just worry about the plan. And he, like, he worries about you and you're what's important to him. Come on. And having a relationship with him. You are the most important thing. Jesus, Jesus was sent, the son of God was sent down to earth so that he could lay down his life so that you could live yours, so that you could make a relationship with Jesus and Speak live with it. him for eternity. Um, that's how much you mean to him. The Lord sent his son to die for you so that you could live with him. Like, that's how important mm. he is. And all he cares about is having a relationship with you. So, we need to spend time in the Lord's presence and leaning into him. Don't be discouraged or try to earn the Lord's, like, plan or calling. When you, when you don't know what it is, don't be discouraged because... We're not going to know what it is. So what we have to do instead of worrying about the plan, we have to press into the Lord. We have to press into his spirit, his heart. We need to press into um, where he is. And in his presence, I found that when I haven't known what I'm going to do, I find myself trying to work. I find myself, I have to be at church, I have to be doing this, I have to be doing that, I have to do this for someone because I want to be working to earn the calling that God has given me. But he doesn't want that. All he wants is me. And in him, we find rest. So um, rest rest in the Lord. And he is waiting for you. He's waiting on you to come in. So um, in Revelations 3.20, I think we have this verse as well. It says, here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So the Lord is standing there all the time just being like, yo, Carmel, yo, I'm here. I'm here, I'm here. come come open the door. I want to I wanna come eat with you. And then 
if I hear that and be like, you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to open the door. He's, he's there and he's waiting for me and I just need to, he just wants to sit, seriously, God just wants to come in and sit down with us and talk to us like a friend. He just wants to eat a meal, you know, have fun with us. So that's one of them. Like one thing that I want you to realise is God is there all the time and all we need to do is press into his presence. Another one, Matthew twenty-eight twenty, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That should be up, yeah, Matthew 28, 20, to the end of the age. I don't know if, what translation that one is, but yeah. Um, then another Deuteronomy thirty-one six. For it is the Lord your it is the Lord your God who goes with you, and He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you. He's always there. Joshua one nine. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So no matter where I go, no matter where I step, I might move from Port Lincoln to somewhere else. I might move countries, I don't know. But wherever I'm going to go, he's going to be with me and I can always access his presence. So you should always, like, always just go into press. So you might be wondering, like, well, how do I get into his presence? How do I go to him? Well, maybe you guys all know, but... um, Going into his presence, you can do it in a whole lot of ways. You can um, pray, read the Bible, do devotions, journaling, and you can also worship. Worshiping's a good way to get into his presence as well. Um, when you need to set, yeah, you need to set aside time to worship and pray. Um, when you are in your time of devotions and you're going in to um, have your time with God, make sure when you go in there, you don't just go in there because when I find that I go into the, when I go in to have my devotions, I'm like, yeah, Lord, I need this, I need this, um, thank you. And I just ramble the whole time and be like, yeah, cool. But then sometimes I, I leave and I feel like, oh, I don't really feel like God talked to me at all. <laughs> but um, what we need to do is when we go in, I just encourage you to be the first thing to, you say is, Lord, I'm listening. Lord, I'm ready to hear what's on your heart for me. You just um, need to have your ears open to what he wants to say and do in you. Um, Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So this is, um, this is just some good knowledge on how to pray. When we pray, we need to go into a room or a place, anywhere that you want to go. I, I encourage you right now, just think of a place that you will be able to go in your everyday life that's just like, yeah, this is where I'm going to go and spend time with Jesus. So just think of that place, somewhere that's excluded from people. And it's not just excluded from people, but it's somewhere that you're not going to get distracted. So if you go in there, don't bring your phone just bring your Bible, just bring whatever you need to get in contact with, like, or to spend time with Lord and do like that. And don't do in, the reason it's like in private is because you don't need to put on a show for anyone else and you don't need to put on a show for God either. You just need to go in and just be humble and go in humbly to his presence. And when it says he will, the Lord that sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Not that that's it not that that's the big thing, but I think the thing that it's talking about he will reward you with is 
when we're in his presence, we're rewarded with the fruits of the spirit. And who knows what they are? Who know, anyone, anyone, go to, anyone, go to, um, anyone go to Sunday school in here? Anyone go to the Sunday school in here? Did anyone learn the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, something like that. Um, I know them so well because they are on my bathroom wall. So every time, every time I go to the loo, I look up and I see the fruits of the spirit. Um, so, yeah, he will reward you with those. Um, now, when I was saying before that you need to um, not worry about what the plan is, because the Lord doesn't want you to be worried or anxious, even just in life in general. If you're feeling worried, anxious, if you've got anxiety, I rebuke that in Jesus' name, that, that has to go. Um, if you're feeling anxious, I want you to go into the spirit of the Lord and just be like, Lord, I need you. I'm feeling anxious. Take it. I don't need this in my life because the Lord, when the, where the Lord is, there is peace and there is power. God wants us to have peace in our lives. Um, in Exodus 33, 14, it says, And he said, My presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. So, like when I was saying, if you're working really hard to try and earn something, we don't need to be working, seriously. Just in life in general, just if ever you're feeling tired, overworked or anything, go into his presence because will, it will go with you wherever you go. Just get into his presence and trust him and just rest in who he is. Um, and the rest will come from his presence. Um, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on me because I care for you. So he doesn't even want us to have them anymore. He just wants to be like, so when you go into his presence, you can just be like, Lord, here you go. This is all that thing that's been hurting me. This is the thing that's been breaking my heart. And just, he just wants all of it. He just, just anything that's hurting you, anything that is making you stressed or anxious or not being able to sleep, you need to be like, nah, that's going to the Lord. And he's going to take that away because he cares for you. This is a big thing. The plan's not important. You're the important one to him. Um, okay, so this is like my um, final point kind of thing. So once you start having a relationship with God and you start building on that, you naturally will start doing things that is in God's will for your life. So you might, and you might not even see that as part of the plan, but... Maybe in the future, you might, never, you might never even recognize that it is, but in the future, it will become clear that, oh, I was doing that so that I could eventually start doing this and then, oh, that led to this and now I know that I'm living in the will. So it's not the fact that I don't know the plan, but as long as you're living in his will for your life, that's when you know that you're following the plan. Psalms 16:11. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. So this is going to link back to the first Ecclesiastes story that I was um, that we listened to before. The only real happiness that we can have, find in this world is from the Lord. He 
when it's, it says you make known the path of life, so in his presence and when we know who he is, he will make known to us the path of life and the path that we're meant to travel and that will, yeah, that will come from in his presence. In his presence, he has fullness of joy. We are never not going to be happy when we're seeking the Lord and um, in his right hand there are pleasures forever. So with him, we know that we can go on this journey and we'll know that we don't have to chase the things of this world because we will have pleasures forever when we're serving and seeking the Lord. I need you to get that in, like, the happiness that we need comes from the Lord. I know so many people, and I know that in your life there'd be so many people out there searching for joy that can't come from here. So um, lots of people in my friendship groups or whatever, they're all like, oh, I go out drinking every weekend because that's the only time I have fun. But um, we don't need to do that. And after we have a relationship with God, we know that um, happiness does come from him. So I just encourage you, invite your friends to church, invite them to youth because everyone needs to know Jesus and it's not just because we want, and that's one thing, when we have a relationship with Jesus, we want other people to know who Jesus is because we love him so much and he's done so much for us and we want other people to live in that joy that we have. Um, So yeah, I invite them and maybe they don't want to come or maybe they just think it's dumb but you need to live and show them what it is to be Christian. And then one day they might see you and will remember what you were like and be like, wow, they had something. They had that joy. They had that fulfillment, that fullness that came from the Lord that I've never had and I've been searching for for ages, but I never found. Um, and hopefully they'll remember the way you lived and the way you act and the way you showed love to everyone. So I encourage you, just with your actions in that, will all happen when you're um, having like the fruits from the Spirit and having that time with the Lord all the time. So during this week, I just encourage you, really just try and press into the Lord. Find that place where you can go now. Um, we're going to go into our small groups. Now, in our 